How's it going, everybody? It is once again me, Chewy, one of the hosts of the podcast titled Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends, and I am once again joined by my good friend Monica. Hi, guys. Alright, so this will be the second of the Halloween special episodes we got planned for you guys. We are reviewing, Monica, none other than Chan Chan Chan, the OG mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, aren't we? Oh my god, yes we are. <laughs> Not only that, but we have a special guest for you guys in a, in a few minutes. But uh, that's going to be fun. I think she's she's uh, been on our show before. She did mm-hmm. uh, episode 10. And go back and listen to that because that's a pretty intense episode. And we'll talk about that in, with her also. But in the meantime, before we get to that, let's go ahead and remind our listeners, Monica, of our social media accounts. So we have our Facebook under Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends. And we have our Instagram under Myths Behind LGDS. Our Twitter is Myths Behind LGDS, and you can also email us at MythsBehindLegends at gmail.com. Right, awesome. So we also have our Linktree, which is under Linktree.com slash Myths Behind LGDS, in which you'll find all of our social media links. So Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, which I promise, 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 I'll have a chance to update by next month. (laughs) (laughs) and speaking of the uh, links our infamous website which is under myths hyphen behind hyphen legends dot mailchimpsites.com woo (laughs) I feel sad my friend because I can't see you right now for that I know you always do a few (laughs) (laughs) and I want to feel like I want to think that you were actually doing some sort of break dance in your living room or wherever you're at (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly what i was doing awesome <laughs> so monica just a couple of things real quick uh we mentioned already that we're doing the og friday the 13th so what do you think about this movie just real quick just a couple of things that come to your mind um the <laughs> well we we, we uh we we're gonna mention this later but i'm very disappointed at the final boss fight um uh but other than that very lots of drama lots of uh suspense um the there's one specific kill that is ingrained in my brain now um that i really liked mm-hmm. uh, as morbid as that sounds uh but yeah uh, it's it's pretty good movie overall very good classic movie awesome my friend i definitely think is a classic like you said i agree with you and mm-hmm. it pretty much became a blueprint for a lot of movies to follow uh, in the coming years. So, yeah, let's go ahead and take a little break before we jump right into the review slash critique of Friday the 13th with our special guest, Mariah. It's the ground. everybody out there we are delighted to have none other than our good friend mariah back with us how are you doing mariah hi 
Hi, I'm doing good. Excited for Halloween. <laughs> How do you feel about being back in our podcast? Because the last time that we had you as a guest was just about a year ago. Yeah, it's it's been too long. Like I've been like wanting to do another collaboration, so I feel like I manifested it in a way. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I mean, of course, like. Uh, we liked your the first time you were with us you did uh scary stories and then you also did a session for us or i mean it was meant to be for me but then it, it kind of became for both monica and myself so that was pretty cool yeah that was really amazing like oh and it was it was pretty cool too because it was like my very first live recording for a podcast mm -hmm. So that was like something new for me, and just uh, I loved it. It was it was all it was very different than like doing sessions like over the phone or like messages or like webcam and stuff like that. So so it was a little bit different, but it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, for the people who are not aware out there in the audience, Maria has, is is a medium, so she can actually do readings for you guys, and she can. Uh, we'll let you share your, your contact info uh, shortly here in a minute, but. I wanted to give you a quick update. I haven't really, I have all the information still saved in my computer. So all the notes you, you share with us. And uh, I don't think I've, I've met the person that you said I was going to meet, but you said I was going to meet her like in four or five years. So it's okay. It's still like three years from now. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> but uh, there was something you mentioned about a gentleman with a hat or something like that, that was dressed really properly. And I feel like, I, not that I've seen him, but I've felt him around the house because I, I always feel like somebody's around me. Uh, especially at night. Oh, wow. Yeah, especially at night, I kind of feel like uh, it's weird. I, I go to bed and I feel like somebody's there with me in the room, but not in a negative way. I don't feel scared. I feel like some like something is there watching me. It still kind of trips me out. So what I do is I turn the TV on. I'm like, okay, let's watch TV, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's exactly what I do, too. It's like, you know, seeing and feeling mm -hmm. other spirits. Like, usually I try to, like, put the TV on, too, so I can go to sleep. Because it's, it's, it's kind of hard to kind of tune mm -hmm. that out. Um, you know, because they, they are there. So a little spooky <laughs> especially like i mean just the vibe Ugh. yeah totally yeah so monica <laughs> you remember that episode <laughs> yes i do i do <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty trippy wasn't it yeah it was super intense mm -hmm. i believe that was episode 10 so if you guys want to hear all the the entire uh saga of, of mariah's call with us <laughs> <laughs> it's an episode 10 and it's yeah like Monica says it was pretty intense I, I felt actually I remember that I f felt physically tired after she finished doing that and I wasn't doing anything I was just sitting in my room just talking to you guys so mm -hmm. I, I had felt like I had just gone to the gym for like two hours and I was just like so exhausted and, and I, I guess that's maybe something you feel Maria also or is that something that each person yeah is different? yeah that's that is definitely the energy that that I was getting because you know when when you do like sessions and sometimes um you do i mean i'm also like an empath as well so i also get like other people's um emotions and stuff mm -hmm. and sometimes i feel like um when you are doing for a reading for somebody um you are giving 
off all that energy because you're doing it live and they're hearing you and at the same time and it's just like an overwhelming sensation <laughs> for sure so uh you want to go ahead and, and share your your social media so people can get a hold of you in case they're interested in, in talking to you about this kind of stuff yes yes um they can reach me on instagram at halloween girl forever and um if they don't have instagram they can always send me an email at halloween girl forever 13 at gmail.com and awesome and whenever the episode drops i will tag you on, on your instagram profile so people will know like just that that your tag will be there so they can always jump from from that to your profile so thank you Yay! Thank you! Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're supporting my business. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And and well, maybe sometime I'll, I'll do another one. But right now, I feel like I, it's it's okay. Like you know, what, what you told me is still kind of fresh in my mind, believe it or not. But uh, if I ever feel like I, I need a refresher, then I'll go ahead and, and talk to you about that for you know, <laughs> for sure. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but right now, though, right now, you are here joining us for our one of our Halloween special episodes because you're going to help Monica and myself talk about one of the absolute classics of horror of all time, which is none, none other than the original Friday the 13th. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm going to ask, uh, let's go ahead and, and ask Monica because she's been a little quiet so far. So, uh, Monica... <laughs> uh, go ahead and what do you think uh, overall quick first impressions because we're going to of course talk about this stuff more in detail in a couple of minutes but how do you feel about this, this movie do you feel that it holds up do you feel that it's a little bit outdated how do you feel about it I mean it's the blueprint re really to like a bunch of different horror movies um, uh, it had <laughs> I should have timed it because like I didn't even look at the at the timestamp but they, it had that classic line of uh what is it? It's not funny anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's going to come out at some point. And as soon as it did, I was like, oh, there it is. There's a, there's a famous line. <laughs> but, yeah, it has a lot of, you know, the basics. Um, I think I think this is one of the movies that, obviously, a lot of other movies are based off of. So, I think, I mean, the acting is, is a little over the top uh, <laughs> compared to, like, what I'm used to. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it still holds up after all these years. So, yeah, it, it's still good. Have you ever watched it or is this the first time you've seen it? This is actually the first time I saw this one. Because oh, wow. I've seen the other, a bunch of the other Friday the 13th, but not this original one. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think, Mariah? That's exciting. Oh, man, I'm in love with the original. So bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just like, it's just that classic 80s horror blood you know like mm -hmm. you can't there's there's not gonna be i mean i don't know maybe in the future maybe but the blood everything about the 80s blood in horror movies is just so different than any era i think mm -hmm. in my book so and also i mean jason the camp i mean I, that's still in my bucket list Box going to like, like a going camping. Or oh, no, like just go camping and oh. and have like a really creepy lake there, like nearby. <laughs> That's one of my dreams. 
but hopefully I can make that happen someday and also maybe watch the film while I'm there too. <laughs> you know what? Set the mood. That'd be actually pretty interesting watching the film while you yourself are in a cabin in the middle of nowhere with just mountains and trees surrounding you. Oh, that's, that's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone that talks to me knows that this is probably, no, not probably, this is definitely my favorite franchise of all time of, of horror films. I like pretty much all the movies. There's a couple that I'm not a, a huge, huge fan of, but I mean, in general, Jason is my OG of my goat, if you, you want to think about it that way, as far as when it comes to horror villains. I grew up watching these movies. Uh, the first movie that I ever watched was actually part eight of this series. Uh, it came out around the time that I was four or five and it traumatized me for weeks. I couldn't sleep. I had nightmares. I thought Jason was going to come and get me and it was horrible, but now here I am. <laughs> oh, well. You overcame it. <laughs> you overcame your fears. <laughs> yeah, so now it's it's my favorite. I guess, I don't know if that happens, to, if, if that's happened to either of you or if it happens to anyone out there in the audience that the first time you experience a movie like this, like a horror movie or, or any kind of thing in general and it's just like a scary experience and then over time you kind of learn to love it and live with it and you, it becomes like your favorite ever <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about the exorcist uh, the first time i saw it i had like horrible nightmares and then after that i was just like oh i love this movie really <laughs> <laughs> that's so scary <laughs> how are you mariah any movies that are like that in your life Oh gosh, I would have to say the one movie that gave me like nightmares where I was out of it for like weeks was probably The Hills Have Eyes. Oh, the remake. Oh, yeah. Um, the first remake. Oh, wow. That one was really spooky. Um, but I love it though. I love that movie. So I actually just recently bought it and added it to my collection. So, I'm excited. <laughs> you know what? I don't think I've ever seen the original. I actually own the remake, I believe. It's somewhere in, in my box of DVDs that I have. Like, I, I got some DVDs stashed away, but I think it's there. The remake. I haven't seen the original ever, I don't think. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just feel like the, the movie, The Hills Have Eyes, is actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was actually filmed in New Mexico. Oh. Oh, wow. So there's um, a lot of places where it's just kind of freaky to me. Where, like, sometimes, like, I'll go hiking or something, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's going to be like this man just, like, come out. <laughs> so I have that, like, fear in the back of my head. But don't worry, I have a dog cane. So I can totally hit them <laughs> with my docking. <laughs> well, Mariah, you mentioned the blood and the makeup effects. Uh, well, in this particular movie, in the first of the series, that was uh, the responsibility of none other than special effects legend Tom Savini, who worked on the Dawn of the Dead series and stuff like that. So he was the one that did all the makeup. So that's why it looks so so great and so bloody and. <laughs> oh man it's it's so iconic honestly so monica you you said that the acting was a little bit weird and why was that was it like too stiff was it too much 
It was it was a lot. It was more. It was very theatrical, like you know, play, like theater type. Uh-huh. That's kind of what I got from it, especially from the from the mom. You know, like the uh, what I forgot her name was. Oh, Miss Borges. Borges. Yeah. Yeah, but she she was like. She did a whole monologue and everything, like, you know, <laughs> about her son. She was, like, looking off into the distance. <laughs> oh, he's running in the lake. So it was very, uh, and then the <laughs> the typical running into the woods with your arms flailing, like, yeah, there was a lot of that. <laughs> so that was I love that. Yeah. Well, yeah, those are iconic, iconic, uh, you know, characters. They may come off a little cheesy, but it's so yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I meant. But I mean, you see that you see that a lot in eighties movies. Really, like it's very um, over the top, but also it it works. It somehow works. So mm-hmm. it was good. Well, it's really funny that you picked up on that vibe of, of theatrics because I I was reading through the factoids on IMDb.com and I hope these are correct. So I got all these that I'm gonna talk about. You guys talk to you about from that page. So basically, it says that a lot of the original cast were Broadway actors. That makes a lot of sense. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From what I read here, it says that none of them really had any movie experience except for for Betsy Palmer, who played uh, Mrs. Voorhees, and Kevin Bacon, who was in Animal House, I believe, before this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's really funny or interesting that you picked up on that because all these people had theater experience. So... And actually, I had never thought about that, but mm-hmm. but now that I hear you talking about it and that I read this, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was very, <laughs> it was kind of obvious. I was like, I mean, and and it's funny because I made the comment of like, oh, it's like it's like they're they're performing a play, not not a movie. Like, <laughs> you know, it's very the. I don't know, but like, I mean, it, it still works though, and I feel like that became a thing, like because it's in a lot of movies like that too. From that time. So, Maria, why do you feel that a movie like this, for example, which, if a movie like this were to be released in the present day, I don't think it would have the same impact right now. Because people, like, Monica's always talked about this, how people have become, uh, what's that word, Monica? Desensi- desensi- uh, sorry, I can't. Desensitized, right? Yeah, desensitized, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, why do you think, I mean, I, to me, it's it's like a, a cultural thing but i don't know what you think like, why do you think a movie like this and then all of the ones from the 80s like halloween and nightmare on m street why are they so popular why did they become so huge in, this, in that time honestly i think it has to do with like makeup and just just it was like i mean you know i'm i'm a 90s baby <laughs> so i wasn't born in the 80s <laughs> but i mean it's just it's so magical. Like, it looks so realistic with the makeup effects that they did. Versus today's movies is, I don't know, I feel like they use a lot of, like, um, special, like, they okay. they do a lot of, like, video stuff now, I mm-hmm. think. Like, computerized to make it look more, you know, scarier. And back then, I really do feel like everything was more homemade, honestly. Mm-hmm. And just more effort into it and i think that's why it's super iconic today it's just i mean it literally feels just like something you would experience (laughs) like out you know out and about and just the whole realistic part of it um i I do feel 
back in the 80s in the horror and even with Friday the 13th, like it was just amazing. Like the, uh, to me, I, I'm I'm more of like a bloody girl. Where I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Like 80s <laughs> blood is the best <laughs> with the horror. And Friday the 13th, that's one of my favorite um, 80s horror movie is is that one because it's just I mean just so good like I yeah I, I just it's it's so good like yeah. nothing will ever be able to be just as good as it was back mm-hmm. in the 80s but that's just my opinion <laughs> and I think it, it comes down to like the makeups and um, and also like with the efforts and the acting and mm-hmm. just the different time um, it, it just it feels more real um, than today, mm-hmm. from the acting today. Monica, I guess I should ask you the same question. Why do you feel like a movie like this, which again, if you release this now, or or, or if somebody from this generation were to see it, they may not really get the, the impact that this movie has had over the generations. So why do you think that it was so game-changing back then? I think it's that, um, like, we grew up just kind of... Um, watching movies like these and little by little they started getting more intense so now we're desensitized because we want more than what we had like we're used to all this other stuff that happened back then and we want to see more like gut-wrenching things because that's why those song movies became so popular because nobody had ever done like a movie about like torture like that with all that gore all that blood like and also like off of a trip you know like people are going to a different country like it just made it even scarier because where are you gonna go so you don't know anybody so it's like a play in like you know your your mind and also like intestines and like <laughs> blood and all types of stuff they can oh, yeah. like the worst case scenario basically is is like what people want to see and it's because we're we're so used to violence. We're so used to seeing that on the on the screen, like for years. So mm-hmm. we've kind of just gotten used to it, and it's like like somebody who's like addicted to something. Like at the beginning, it's like okay, this is great, but then you get used to it. You, you build a tolerance to it, so now you want more. You want it stronger, and then that's how it goes. So I think that's what has happened to us as a society mm-hmm. and people in general. Like we're just it doesn't do it anymore you know we need to get more creative and more messed up basically i mean i want to mention a couple of things since you both of you brought something like that up um first thing i want to mention is that according to this list that i have here the mpaa which is the one that rates the movies like rated r pg-13 etc back then they were already around in the early 80s and they said that if a sequel were ever to be made to, to this movie, meaning a part two or three or whatever, that mm-hmm. they would have to cut down on the blood a lot because apparently this movie was one of the bloodiest movies of that year or, or, or of that time. Yeah. So, wow. so, so watching it now, for example, if like a 15-year-old watches this movie and they've been growing up watching all the Saw ones, they may not really feel like... Ah, this is not really that great, you know? So, so, but back then, I mean, 40 years ago, <laughs> this movie was thought of to be one of the, the bloodiest ones of that year or of that time period. So that is why it's mentioned here. Like, in, in part two, the there isn't as much blood or gore. There, there's kind of, like, 
a lot of uh, strong kills too, but you don't really see this, the same amount of blood or the same amount of, of graphic violence that you see in part one. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So how do you feel about that, that, that this movie was considered to be so violent back then that they told him, hey man, if you make a part two, you got to cut down on the blood a little bit. You know, don't don't go too overboard on this. You can go, Mariah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I was like, wow, this is so cool. I love all this knowledge. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm such a horror nut. Um, yeah, I would I would say, um, you know, I guess I guess like the people who were born like in the 60s and stuff, like the exorcist was like huge back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, so I can imagine just like they had never seen a movie before, like Friday the 13th. You know, they they weren't used to all that blood. Like, that wasn't a thing, you know? And then for it to, like, just happen and stuff, um, I I can imagine just being, like, blown away. And if you are, like, obsessed with, like, horror movies and stuff like that, like, if you wanted more and you got all of that and more is, I think, just amazing. It kind of reminds me of my dad, too. When he first watched the movie, he thought it was, like, you know, the most amazing thing ever. Um, and, you know, for his time, like, he had never seen anything like it before. So I think I think that's kind of cool, you know, in today's society is, like, just people not really, like, I guess how they were raised, you know, like, it wasn't as spooky. And then later on, and then later on, it was, it just got that much more violent. <laughs> Because this movie came out after the first Halloween. Halloween came out in 78, the original Halloween. And this one came out about two or three years after that. And But if you, if you think about it, Halloween, as game-changing as it was, because that was an, another movie that changed pretty much everything about horror, that movie doesn't really have too much blood in it. It's got maybe like three or four kills and that's it. So it's the, the body count isn't that high. And it's not as bloody. So this one kind of took that blueprint and kind of up the ante so to speak so there's a lot of blood in this compared to the first halloween which was at that time considered to be like a, a one of the greatest uh, or most uh i don't want to say violent but maybe most horrific of, of that time period mm-hmm. so and i bring that up because there's a, a point here in this list that says well the creator of the, the, the movie says he didn't really have any hidden messages in his movie as far as because uh, if you think about it a lot of people would say that well the movies represent like uh youth being taken like carried away so the, basically it's like, like by a lot of people considered to be a cautionary tale of sorts like hey if you guys misbehave if you don't follow the rules and things are gonna go bad for you and so they asked him about that, and he's like, nah, I don't, I don't really have, my intention was not anything like that. My intention was to show that, hey, bad things can happen to good people, and there doesn't have to be an excuse or, or a valid reason. It can just happen. So I think that's pretty deep. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, you know, but that is, I I feel, in, like, real life, that can actually mm-hmm. happen. Um, and... You know, I know, I know, I know we're on the topic of Friday the 13, but it kind of also just shows you too, like, just to be like kind to one another, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
I don't know. I mean, I've watched all Friday the 13th movies. Yeah. And I I feel like I related so much in my lifetime to Jason, just like how cruel people can be and stuff. Though I I wouldn't like you know like flash them <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but it's just um, yeah, I, I totally believe that Becca actually and it probably definitely has just all the those killings and uh, I just I I was just. I don't know if I'm getting the number right, but was it about like 10 or 12 body count? And the first one, I can't remember. It's, it's somewhere over there. Yeah, I think, I think it's I about think, 10. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to go with 10. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I remember it was a lot. And um, I, I think that's what makes it so cool because it was like one after the other one. <laughs> and it wasn't like different killings. It, it had like a mix of <laughs> different um, slashers, so it's just oh, it was so good. But um, yeah. I All right. So how about you, Monica? Do you feel like this movie is uh, like, or or do you agree with the creator of the movie that when he said that, nah, man, I wasn't trying to like judge anybody by their lifestyle. I'm trying to just say that, hey, man, even if you're good something bad can happen to you and, and that's just the way life is. I, I think that some people do read too much into it and like people, like, because it's funny, I, you get that a lot in, in like with books too where like, um, like an example is like, I remember one of my teachers uh, or somebody, I don't know where I saw it, they were like, oh yeah, what did you think that the color blue represented in the story? Um, do you think it was like the mood that they were feeling? It was trying to tell you that, you know, the person is blue, like they're depressed or whatever. And then you have the writer saying, no, literally, like I saw the color blue and it put it in the book. Like <laughs> it didn't mean anything. <laughs> literally, it was just the color. Um, so I think the same thing happens with movies um, and like, you know, music, a bunch of stuff. And I think that uh, sometimes people try to put ideas in there that they want so bad to be true, but they're not just to make sense of things on them on their own um so yeah i mean that's that happens a lot and sometimes uh yeah people read too much into things and it's really not significant at all it doesn't mean anything it doesn't there's no reason behind why some person decided to pick uh for the girl the main girl to wear a certain color or like to you know dress a certain way or whatever like it's just not that not that deep but um it's fun though to like overanalyze <laughs> or like you know come up with your own theories it's interesting keeps things like uh a lot more like it keeps you more engaged i guess in a sense so all right well uh i don't know like i always read about stuff like that when i read reviews of movies and and it always seems like they reached a little bit too much into it, but I mean, at the same time, it's like you say, it, it's always interesting to read an interpretation that maybe you didn't think about, and when somebody talks about mm-hmm. it to you, it's like, oh, or, or writes about it, it's like, okay, you know, I yeah. had thought about that from that angle, but that makes sense to me. Or the opposite happened, mm-hmm. it was like, nah, I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's pretty interesting, I mean, uh, and... I guess we can talk about the story a little bit. We haven't really talked about the story of the movie. <laughs> so, essentially, um, 
This is the story of a bunch of campers that are trying to reopen a summer camp. And somebody doesn't really want them to. And so they start killing them off one by one. <laughs> mm -hmm. But the backstory is that Jason had drowned, I want to say, about 20 years before the events of this movie. Sometime in the 50s or 60s. And it turns out, I mean, spoiler alert for a 50-year-old movie, whatever. 40-year-old movie. <laughs> that it, the mother, which we're going to talk about in the next segment. But the mother is trying to seek revenge for the campers. Basically, she thinks that they let her son die because he's physically deformed. Yeah. So they don't really go too much into that, but... Since we talked about overanalyzing stuff, do you think maybe that's something that people would say about that movie right now? That, oh, maybe that's a symbol or, or they were trying to say that uh, people don't really pay attention to people with special needs because, you know, it's not something that we want to think about. Well, her idea was, yeah, that it was that, that like they didn't care about him because he was different. Um, and... I mean, I remember in other movies that he was teased, too, you know, like he was made fun of or whatever. He was like, I don't know, like uh, neglected, I guess. Um, but it could also be a reflection of her. Like, she just was so, like, into the fact that he was disabled or he was different from the other kids. So in her mind, he deserved special treatment. But he was just out there living his own life, you know, like, regardless of his mom's beliefs. So she has some kind of guilt because she feels like everybody should have been treating her kid the way that she treats him, even though maybe they didn't really see him that way. They just saw him as a kid. Mm -hmm. And she was just projecting, you know, like, so mm, that's why I think in this movie she went off and she killed people because she can't deal with the fact that she couldn't save her own child, and so she's putting the blame on everybody else and mm -hmm. using the fact that he was different to, like, magnify the, her, her justification for killing these people. Mm -hmm. How are you, Maria? What do you think? Oh, wow. Um, that, is, that is a really hard question, definitely. Um, you know, it is so sad that, that there are um, so many children that just, you know, they don't deserve to be treated in such an ugly way um, and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely hard for sure. Um, and the fact that like people didn't even, I don't know, for me, I felt like they just like didn't care, but that's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and um, Pamela though, um, she was, she gave me the chills. <laughs> I would be terrified if I was her child. Um, and I totally agree with, Mo with what Monica said, you know, is that she, she was blaming, probably over blaming it on innocent campers who had nothing to do with the death of her son. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, where it's it's kind of like messed up a little bit it's like you know they were innocent they didn't do anything mm -hmm. yeah. um 
And but man, Pamela, those eyes and those teeth scares <laughs> 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 the heebie-jeebies out of me. Uh-huh. I would be scared <laughs> just seeing her. Well, you have teenagers taking care of younger kids. Like, it's like they don't care about the people who go to the camp. Like, they're literally just there to have their own type of fun because it's summer. You know, yeah, they're working, but they're still going to, like, want to have their have own fun. So, like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it, it's it's a very, I've never been to camp, so I don't know what it actually is like. <laughs> but I imagine, like, being in, like, a freaking campground with a bunch of teenagers, like, <laughs> they're gonna they're not gonna give, give a crap about about like the kids that are there like they're literally just there to get paid and like you know have fun as much as they can before they have to go back to school or college or whatever but um but yeah it's, it's uh it's it's a really it's a really good story though like it's it's like um a mother who's like cannot cope with the death of her son and then just goes off and kills like teenagers just because they're reminding her of like the people that in her mind caused her son to die mm-hmm. and we're there to save them or whatever when that's their job technically yes but you know ex- accidents happen sometimes and yeah this this thing got like insanely intense yeah. like out of hand hardcore revenge yeah for like decades yeah. freaking uh <laughs> different generations and like decades or whatever it lasted forever mm-hmm. <laughs> biggest grudge of all time <laughs> definitely i think and well, let's uh switch gears a little bit something a little bit more i guess comical in a way it's meant to be scary but it's in my eyes it's a little comical what do you guys think of crazy ralph of who the crazy ralph the old man that's like don't go there this camp is cursed don't go there oh like that old man with the hat i honestly don't remember was it the guy at the store not the driver but the the, the old man that's the, trying to warn them to and he shows up he's like hiding in the closet okay yeah yeah i, I know who you're talking about now i was i, I was i got so confused <laughs> with the driver in the beginning uh-huh. and then the um the the, the creepy i mean he, he was he wasn't like too too creepy but i would be like terrified of him <laughs> like somebody like random like telling me like don't go there <laughs> you're gonna die <laughs> i'd be like oh man what what is there like what is something like that he knows that i don't know mm-hmm. you know and like why would he say that he must have an idea of what goes on <laughs> if anything but yeah I, I would totally slip out and i would probably skip for sure the whole trip if a, if a random stranger told me that and he was creepy looking like him a little bit yeah. i'd be like oh yeah guy go back home <laughs> i mean in reality like if, if if some creepy guy did that to me like i'd be I, I feel like my nature would be to be like, eh, whatever, he's just crazy. And just keep going, you know, like it happens <laughs> in movies. But obviously, you know what happens when you don't listen to the crazy guy, you end up dead. A hundred percent. I agree. <laughs> he's, at one point, they find him hiding in the closet, like stalking them. Or like, uh, why would he even be hiding in the closet? Oh, that guy. Yes. The camp yeah. Is yeah, okay, that was the same guy. Yeah, uh-huh. Because the camp is like miles away from town, so why would he even go there and just hang out there in the closet until they find him? <laughs> Dude, why is he even in the closet in the first place? What is he trying to get from the pantry? Like it's a campground. Like 
Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's... Just, do you not have a home? Like, yeah. <laughs> he was just creeping. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm, I'm going to use your pantry as a personal grocery store and just take what I need. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> but, I mean, if you think about Crazy Ralph, I don't think, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of older, older movies, like 50s or 60s movies, but I, to me, he's like the, the blueprint of like the, the stereotypical crazy guy that warns the younger people, and they make fun of that trope in Cabin in the Woods, actually. If you if you ever seen that movie, there's a, a, a scene like in the, maybe, maybe like the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie where they're driving to the cabin in the woods. And they pull over for gas, mm -hmm. and this older creepy man is like, oh, man, you guys shouldn't go there because bad things happen, whatever. And then they leave, the, the, the young people leave, whatever. And then Cabin in the Woods is like a parody of horror. So the people that are controlling yeah. the whole thing call him up, and they make fun of him. <laughs> They're like, uh, yeah, you're, you're not on speaker. And then so, so he starts talking, and then they start laughing at him. And so basically, uh, what my point was to this whole thing that why did that become a trope why is the like the crazy old man so important or so such an important part of this type of movie honestly i think he was used as like a premonition but that's just me mm -hmm. yeah definitely a premonition of what it's gonna go down like for and sure. maybe he maybe yeah. he maybe he also wanted to like see a killing too I think <laughs> that's, yeah. I don't know, like I an mean, idea. You kind of have to have somebody warning people to give it more of a, like, oh, what's going to happen? You know, like for the suspense, like, and so it became now like a trope, like, because you have to kind of give off some kind of vibe when you're making a scary movie, like, you know, to give the person who's watching it some kind of like, fear already but not entirely fear like this kind of like a little inkling of like well maybe something bad's gonna happen and you have to have that person warning them and obviously it has to be a crazy person because it has to be shrugged off because it's gonna be like oh well, whatever this guy doesn't know what he's talking about like he probably says that to everybody and then sure enough you know the bad stuff starts to happen and he's like i told you but you know but no one would listen that's another typical line that that happens like in, with characters like I, I warned them but they wouldn't listen to me another day mm -hmm. so i think it's uh it's it's really just for the plot <laughs> to kind of help <laughs> it move along all right so uh do either one of you have any other commentary or anything you found interesting in any of the scenes or any of the kills or anything like that oh i have one <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> Okay, my well, is, is it okay if I share like my favorite part? Sure, definitely. Okay, so my favorite part of Friday the Thirteenth is probably Marcy. She mm -hmm. was the one who was wearing like pink. Yeah. And I think she was like making out with that dude in the bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, just I mean, just how she died was insane. Like. Who kills somebody like that? That's, and I think that was like the most scariest killing of the entire film. And that's probably my favorite. You're talking about the scene in the bathroom, right? Yes. 
yeah, she's. I think she's like getting ready, or, or I don't know what she's doing. It was right after. Yeah. I think they like made out or something. <laughs> yeah. So she was uh, having fun with Kevin Bacon for a while, and then she goes to clean up, whatever, and that's where. I think Kevin Bacon gets the arrow through the neck first. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that one was, oh. I was like, oh, wow. He's just chilling there. And I was like, when are they going to see that the guy on top of the bunk bed is dead? I'm like, who's going to find him? And I thought it was going to be the girl when she got up and started getting her little raincoat. And then she didn't see him. And I'm like, uh, does she not see that there's somebody on the bed above? Like, <laughs> like just laying there? Like, wouldn't you be like, oh, did you hear what you what we just did? Like. That's what I would be paranoid about. But no, she just walks out like nothing in her underwear. And then you have Kevin Bacon. I'm like, okay, well, when's the blood going to start dripping down? Because that's another typical thing that happens, right? And like, oh, right. And then he does get, like, something. And he's like, what is that? And then I was like, he's going to get up and he's going to find him. And then, no, he just straight up gets, like, stabbed with the arrow and it goes through his neck. And I was like, oh, that was intense. Like, okay. The way that yeah, arrow, arrow I'm like, yeah. I, I just slid in slowly. It was like, what? Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah that, was, that was that was my favorite um, kill, I think, of the whole movie. Besides the the last part where you know, like, yeah, she chops off her head. But. Yeah. So, uh, just just me trying to be a, a Debbie Downer here, <laughs> but I'm thinking about like the physics of somebody pushing an arrow through a mattress and then through bone and skin and, and then all the way through. <laughs> I mean, that's going like to Like, how sharp was that arrow? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and how strong is this lady? Like and how... just like, huh? and also like the pressure. Yeah, how, how physically oh, strong does she have to be to be able to push that, that arrow all through all those layers of like the mattress and the skin and, and the Dude, bone? Dude, <laughs> and was it, was it made of metal or wood? Because that thing held up really well. Like, how did it not snap? Going through oh yeah, intact. It kept intact. Like yeah. yeah. Mhm. Mm really yeah. cool. <laughs> highly, highly unlikely, but you know we have different metals now, so it could probably be more feasible than back then. But yeah, that was intense. I, mean, I, I do have to agree with both of you that that's probably my favorite kill besides the the last one. Uh, but as as far as the other ones, that one. Because, like Mariah said earlier, it just looks so real. Like, the blood looks... looks and, and the it way does. that... Yeah. Like, when, when you see the, the... the Whatever, if it's metal or wood or something, just piercing the skin, it just... And it goes through, and he's, like, uh, uh, like choking in his blood. I was like, oh, man, that's, that's intense. Yeah. I, I, I was disappointed, though, in the, the boss fight, you know, at the end, when I... Uh. Like, with the... With Mrs. Voorhees and the last girl, I was like, dude, that... Like... Really? Like, that was well, such a weak fight. Like, well, I could have, like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, up so many times over. <laughs> okay, Monica, hold your thought on that. Hold your horses on that, because we're going to talk about that in a minute. But before we do that, we're going to take a break. Okay. And before we take a break, we have to give this movie a rating. So, um, okay. we always change the units, Mariah. So, this time, we have how many out of ten moms hellbent on revenge does this movie get for you out of 10 out of 10 um i'm gonna go with a seven okay i'm gonna go with 10 10 <laughs> okay all right i'm gonna go with an eight i'm gonna go with an eight uh this is one of my favorite movies but i like some of the later sequels more than this one but i i want to give it an eight because it basically started the whole thing and i mean eventually Things did get crazy with him going to space and everything. That was a little weird, but... 
but in general, I think this movie is a classic of its time. Just in, uh, one of the best horror movies of all time, in my opinion. So, Monica gives a 7, I give an 8, Mariah gets a 10, so that's 25 out of... Uh, that's about an 8.5, roughly, average, so that's good. Okay, that works. Yeah, it's good stuff there. <laughs> uh-huh, definitely. So, we're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back with uh, more details about Mrs. Voorhees and the disappointing boss fight that Monica wants to talk about. <laughs> so, we'll be right back with that. Stick around. Okay, everyone, so we're back now from that break, and I want to give Monica the floor because she was, I I, I feel like I was kind of rude interrupting her train of thought. So, uh, Monica wants to talk about the, what she called the boss fight. I hadn't thought about it, but okay, yeah. I, like that. I like that. <laughs> so, Monica, why is this boss fight disappointing to you? And, like, what was so bad about it? It was really slow. Um, there were a lot of opportunities for that girl to beat up this old lady on top of the fact that she's an old lady. Um, I know she's fueled by rage but and, and psychosis, but still, I mean, she had a paddle, like, and it, I mean, in her defense, it broke in half, but that just means that you have a, ra a jagged end on one side of the paddle, so use it, you know? And then they ended up on the floor, like, kind of, like, struggling, but it was so, like, anticlimactic i guess and now it's kind of like dude punch your nose like use your hand up use the bottom of your palm and just like shove it up in her face and that'll like incapacitate oh and she also th the only reason she's having this boss fight is because homegirl didn't do the double tap when she was in the cabin oh yeah with the skillet she could have she saw her bleed a tiny puddle dude and walked away and it's like oh yeah my work here is done. No, it's not. <laughs> You're supposed to hit her again, bash her head in, so that she doesn't come back and hurt you. Like, obviously she's going to get back up. Have you not seen movies? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's my spiel on the on that whole thing. I was like, wow, really? Like, you? how did you make it this far? <laughs> in her defense, though, I mean, this is back in the day when, when we didn't know about these concepts of double tap and, like, <laughs> Come on, dude! Like you, you won't double tap an animal, like but you won't double tap a freaking psycho old lady that's trying yeah. to murder you. Like no, uh, uh, uh. So, that's fancy. so scary. So, Mariah, what do you think of? Uh, do you have? Uh, uh, do you not like the fight like Monica did, or do you do like it? What do you think? Um, you know, it is really cheesy. I have to agree with Monica, though. Like, the, like that was like weak sauce, you know? Like, she could have gone and really, like, been like the hero in the end or something. But no. <laughs> but the way it ended, though, that was, that was creepy, yeah. for oh, sure. Yeah. That, she made up for the weak fight by chopping her head off so <laughs> and then her hands the way pamela's hands go up like oh, oh no i'm dying <laughs> like why um well oh my God. first things first i want to say that yeah i mean uh, just looking at this objectively yeah the fight's a little weak you know it's not the best fight i've ever seen um so i i, I agree with you in part there could have been uh, maybe a better choreography i mean but like you said i mean the lady's old but she's kind of strong i mean she just did shove an arrow through the guy's neck <laughs> true so i mean she probably has some sort of like 
I don't want to say superhuman strength, but I mean, she f looks like she's really like skilled with outdoors weapons like knives and arrows and because and she she I think she does most of her kills with knives, right? Yeah. If I remember correctly, I think she's like a, like a knife expert. Yeah, she has a little pocket knife or that little that knife on her waist. That's what yeah, because the, the first girl, the, the the first kill, that one was an, with a knife. Uh, uh huh. When she she's like stalking her in the forest, and actually the very first kill in the movie is is the counselor, that both of them actually I think she stabs both of them. So uh, she's like a knife expert, dude. Like a Green Beret level knife. Yeah. <laughs> well, homegirl lives in the woods, dude. Like she kind of has to. Yeah. <laughs> But also, I think I think what made the killings honestly like so like I don't want to say like good, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> like just just I mean with the passion is because of how much anger she had, you know. Oh yeah. And just expressing all of it, and me and I think that's why some of the killings were just so like wow, mm -hmm. I've never yeah. seen this before. Um, that, like she's running on adrenaline, hatred, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> resentment. <laughs> I definitely liked the ending of this, uh, but I mean, again, how is it possible to like chop someone's head off in like a clean sweep of a machete? I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, it, it looks cool. And, I mean, it looks uh, like awesome, like graphically and everything. But like thinking about it, it's like, can anybody actually do that <laughs> in real life? Probably not. It would have to be like really, really sharp, and uh -huh. you know, yeah. And they have to be strong. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. And mm. she was really tiny. Yeah. yeah. So it's mean, like even punch her, dude. How did you stop her head off? Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> there's actually uh, uh, this is gonna be kind of off topic a little bit, but there's a legal battle going on between the two creators of this movie. Uh, they want to each wants to keep the rights and they, so they want to keep making movies because they haven't made a, a movie about this um, in over 10 years the last one was a remake that they made about 10 12 years ago maybe and basically um, that means that people started making their own fan films about Jason and about Miss Voorhees so uh -huh. I saw one the other day that's actually pretty good it's uh like a sequel to part one and two i think and it doesn't really think about the other ones or i don't know maybe but it's because in part two the girl that survives in this film is what is the first one to die allegedly uh -huh. so in that fan film it's explained that, that, that what actually happened is that she faked her death so that she could escape from jason and and, and whatever so <laughs> She actually comes back in this fan film as as the the same character, the actress, the same actress, and she's now like sixty something years old, and she does the same thing. She she decapitates Miss Voorhees again because now she's like a ghost. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but wow. And she actually says like, "I can't believe I had to do that again." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So it's pretty cool. I mean, if you look for for fan films about friday the 13th on youtube there's several and most of them aren't that great but there's a couple that are pretty good i recommend the ones called never hike alone and there's another one called okay. never hike in the snow and those are like part of a of a series 
So those are two okay. movies that, that you can watch back to back. And this one, I forgot what it's called, but it's, it's going to be one of the first ones that shows up. The, the one with the, the, the same actress. But going back to the original movie, though, Mrs. Voorhees. So we said earlier that she probably blames the counselors for her son's death. And mm -hmm. it's, it's mentioned in passing in the movie that there have been different attempts to open the camp again, but something always happens. Like somebody says, oh, the water got poisoned or somebody died or something. So this lady has been staying busy. Yeah. Throughout the years. So, and we mentioned that also that she seems to be like an expert with, with knife combat and everything, but I think her main asset is that she has like this really like grandma appearance kind of in a way that she's like nobody would suspect her. Yes, that's the other thing because that's what I was looking at. So in the beginning, you know, you see the jeeps, right? And both the the main counselor guy and then um, her jeep are like the like very similar so i was trying to figure out like how did that girl get in the jeep and not because i had like i said i had never seen this one um so in my mind jason or the murderer is you know he's got the ski mask so i'm like why would this girl get into the jeep with this guy who looks creepy as hell I'm like, no way that she was like, oh, yeah, I could totally get a ride from this guy. Nothing's going to happen to me. <laughs> so I was like, who, who is she getting in the car with? And I was like, and then I was like, maybe it's that camp counselor guy because he has the same Jeep. And I mean, he seems like a nice dude, even though he's kind of creepy. Oh, yeah. I was like, maybe he's a murderer. And then, and then, well, once Mrs. Voorhees came out, I was like, oh, that's why the lady got in the car. That's why almost everybody that she's murdered doesn't really know how to react. And they're just like in shock because it's this old lady trying to kill her, kill them. So that makes sense. And so that gives her an advantage because like nobody would, like you said, nobody would suspect this sweet old lady is going to be a psycho murderess, mm -hmm. you know, like, so, yeah. What do you think, Mariah? Do you think that gives her an advantage over people? Oh, yeah, a hundred percent. You know, and she kind of plays it off like, I mean, just like the way she does her like body language and stuff like oh you feel so bad you know like this poor lady like lost somebody mm -hmm. and you know and it it so i don't know that too is like i guess her appearance like what monica was saying about how she you know kind of gives off like that grandma vibe and it just makes you instantly like drawn in Mm. And it's like, oh, you know, like, I wonder what's, what's bothering her or it's like, it's like you want to like help. Like, I guess that would be like your first instinct is mm -hmm. wanting to yeah. just bring comfort maybe to her. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. so tricky, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And even trust her because like, you know, when she comes in and that girl's running out of the cabin, freaking out, she thinks she's getting help because this lady's like, oh, are you okay? Or whatever. And your your immediate instinct is to trust her because it's like oh yeah right. you're here to save me, but no actually it's the complete opposite is gonna happen. But yeah, yeah. When she showed her teeth, I was like uh uh, <laughs> <laughs> those teeth are suspicious. <laughs> so why do you think she did that? Why I mean she could have as soon as she saw this girl running out of the cabin, she could have just stabbed her or, or something, and and instead she like decides to play with her a little bit why do you think she chose to do that instead of just finishing the job she's crazy so like <laughs> you know she she wants to see this kid suffer 
just like her son suffered. So in her mind, right? So mm-hmm. she's over here instead of just automatically look what she could have done is just had had her be like, Yeah, let's get in the car. I'll take you home. Mm-hmm. And then murdered her, like she said, murdering the other lady. Like, it would have been a lot easier. Also, it's the middle of the night. She would have been able to get away with it, you know, a lot more, you know, with less struggle than if she just stayed there at the camp. But I think it's because she wants to be able to avenge her son's death on the campground. Mm-hmm. So she wants to make her kills there. And also, she's toying with the kid, with the girl, because it's like, oh, okay, like, you know, because of people like you, my son is dead, so I'm going to make you suffer before you die. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mariah? Why do you think she did that? Um, Honestly, I think it's because of how the girl looked. Like, she looked naive and just, like, I think for her, for Camilla, was, ooh, this girl looks so innocent. You know, she has no idea what's coming to her. And... I don't know. I that's what I saw like from watching how it plays out. It's just like Pamela like in a in a psychotic like mind game in her little psychotic mind just wanting to just toy with this innocent naive girl. I and mean, she looks so naive, you know, and I think she knew that. And I think ooh, this is like satisfaction for her like because, you know, I feel like naive people sometimes, they have no idea <laughs> what's coming to them. <laughs> and um, it's really sad, but um, I think I think that's why she, she definitely played with her for a little bit, just mm-hmm. to get her cycle game on mm-hmm. uh-huh. out and all that. So. I mean, by this point, she knows this girl's the last one left, so she gets, like, no uh need to hide or to sneak around which by the way she's like a stealthy she's like a ninja she kind of moves around and, and <laughs> yeah. nobody sees her like nobody hears any anybody walking around them or, or like and it just and also she's she's pretty resourceful <laughs> but mm-hmm. i think that because by this point she she figures well i already got rid of everybody else so this is the last one that i have to work on so i can mess around a little bit maybe like she was yeah. about to have some fun oh yeah she was looking for some sort of, of good time in her mind, and that meant to her that let me mess around with this girl and, and just kind of get my kicks, and then I'll, I'll kill her in a few minutes. <laughs> I mean, that sounds weird, but <laughs> trying to trying to think like a, a movie psycho character would think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think about the jump scare at the end? Uh, I I I feel like I already knew that that was going to happen, um, because I've seen it in another movie. The same from the same franchise where like the kid comes out, or it's actually Jason all grown up though that pops out of the water. Um, and I was like, and dude, when she was like paddling with her hands, I was like, why no, you're gonna get dragged into the water, like, <laughs> like typical, you know, like jump scare scene. Um, and then and then when she it actually actually got pulled down, I was like, nah, it's a dream, there's no way that, that she's actually gonna die like this. And sure enough, you know, she wakes up in the hospital or whatever. But then she actually, she says it happened. But it's like, nobody really believes her because she's been through a traumatic event. So they're like, she's just imagining it. So at that point, I didn't know what was the truth and what was, you know, her imagination. Yeah. 
Yes, I did. I was like, oh, no. I did not. And also, I was really young when I saw it. So I that caught me. I was surprised. I did not expect it the first time I saw it for him, like, just coming out. And I actually thought that that jump scare, I actually thought, oh, was that, like, you know, I know, I know, I know it took, the setting took place in 1958, I believe. So I was thinking, is this, like, ghost Jason or is this Jason and he still looks like that? And at one point, I really did think, like, he worked alongside his mom. So it was really confusing for me as a young girl. Just like, what just happened? Um, but just the way he came out of the, I think I think that's why I'm super attracted to lakes even today. Um, it's just it brings me back to Jason, where I'm like, come out of the water. It's <laughs> <laughs> like this, like weird, um, not like fantasy or anything. Like that's weird, but um, yeah. yeah, it's just like it's so cool. Like I would love to actually see that. Like in real life, like, like I don't know, someone's scary, like come out of the water, like that's like a dream. That's like there you the go, go in life. Have <laughs> find a camping trip and then don't show up and then just pop up out of the lake, you know, when she's out there in a canoe or something. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it, honestly. Yeah. And I loved, I loved that part. Um, and I did feel bad for the girl. I thought she was gonna get sucked in. Um, as soon as you know how Monica was saying that she was like paddling with her fingers I thought like Jason was gonna like bite her hand and there was gonna yeah. be blood or something um but yeah that was terrifying as a child just like seeing it for the first time like um and ever since then I've always had his image in my mind from that movie so that's why I'm like super in love with like and stuff so yeah there's my story <laughs> So uh, we found out about Mariah that she wants to see a dead body rise from the lake. <laughs> <laughs> but cool. he has to be alive. Oh, okay, I see. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, well, I, I ask you about that because you know the whole uh, jump scare thing because this movie was meant to be one and one movie only. Uh, according to the creators, there wasn't any thoughts of any sequels as they were making this movie. But since it made so much money, just to give you an idea, the movie cost about half a million dollars to make. So about 500k. Wow. Which is nothing. It's, it's, it's nothing. When you, come, when you think about how much movies cost to make, this is nothing, right? Oh, well, yeah. And he got the entire budget just from making a poster, like the, the cover of the, of the, the poster or whatever. That he showed that to somebody and they're like, dude, I'll give you all the money you want. What you, or the money you need, whatever. Oh wow! So he was able to get this budget of half a million dollars just by showing a poster to somebody, right? But the movie ended up making close to forty million dollars in the box wow. office. Wow! So it more than made its its budget back, you know. So of course, as they were making the movie, the guys like I wasn't really thinking about making a sequel. I was just making a movie to pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean uh, and the story you know what my point is is that eventually they of course made sequels but in part two that's when they decided to make jason the killer and he wasn't very really happy about that he was like that doesn't make sense jason's dead like why are we gonna make him the killer 
but yeah uh so and part of that that movie in part two it's shown that he kept the mother's decapitated head and it's all dried up kind of looks like a mummy's head at this point in part two mm -hmm. and he's got like a little shrine to her and like a, this little shack in the woods and in part three when he finally gets hockey mask there's a jump scare but it's mrs Voorhees that pulls the, the girl and, and it's not jason it's, so it's she's wearing the the sweater and her face looks all like like a mummy's face and she's pulling the final girl into the lake yeah so that's pretty cool i think oh man that was a cool scene <laughs> yeah I'm all psych over here, <laughs> but that was that was that was a scary though thing uh -huh. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please. And the uh, you know one last thing that I have to talk to you guys about is that the actress Miss uh, Betty Palmer actually wasn't so much into the movie when she first heard about it. She was cast or she was offered the script and she hated it. She was like, "This this is a dumb script. I don't want to be a part of this." But wow, it turns out that she, her car broke down, so she needed a new car. She's like, "Well, I guess I'll make this movie to buy my car." And <laughs> it became basically her most famous role. I mean, she was an actress before this. She was yeah. uh, doing plays and movies, but this movie became like her, her trademark role, right? So I wanted wow. to ask you both, how much of this performance that, you know, since we talked about her teeth and her, her screams and all that stuff, how much was fueled by her frustration of not even wanting to do the movie at all? <laughs> I think she did a pretty good job at masking that, you know, like, she, she, she was very theatrical, so maybe she was like overdoing it on purpose, uh -huh. <laughs> out of spite. I don't know, but like, um, I think she she hid she hid her disdain for it pretty well. Like, I mean, she did a decent job of coming off as like a psycho mom. Uh -huh. I I loved it. I loved it so much. <laughs> that you know that kind of does, um, kind of give like a perspective. Like, oh man, you know, like this like the script you know it's not something i would normally do but man she hit it right on the head she nailed it <laughs> so perfectly and i know she had you know like broadway history and stuff but honestly like i think that's what made the movie so good too just just her part in it i mean without her in that movie i, I don't know what I don't know, it's just like she was that bonus that, you know, mm -hmm. that extra bone that kept the movie together. Um, and I'll always remember those scary teeth of hers. <laughs> just, ugh, I can't get over that. Um, but hey, you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes mm -hmm. and do the best you can. And she, boy, she blew me away. <laughs> To me, like her, it's when she starts turning into Psycho Lady, as because you know she talks kind of softly to to the Alice, is, is the character, and she's trying to comfort her kind of in a way. But then she starts talking like more, like her, her voice changes and her expression changes. That's when she starts like, oh my god, yeah, she's she's uh really really going up for it, you know. <laughs> Do either one of you have any more comments about her or just anything else about the movie that you think we gotta talk about? Yeah, I I think I think I'm um I'm good too. Like the one thing that I was in love with was Marcy's scene. That was just I'll always remember that scene. Um in the bath I think she was like in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Um but man, that was that was cool. Very mm -hmm. 
crazy scene. Yeah. And um, I mean, she yeah, got an axe to the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and then Jason coming out too in the end. That was also really cool too because that was like the very first time we saw Jason and why we fell in love with him in the beginning. So yeah, but Jason just making you know the little cameo in it was just like the cherry on top. I love that movie. And that's why I'm obsessed with lakes and like <laughs> forests and like woods and stuff. Like I'm so obsessed. That's why I moved to a place where I can have all that. <laughs> so I'm pretty obsessed. Awesome, Mariah. So, uh, okay, so now the time has come to give Mrs. Voorhees a rating of her own because we always give ratings to our villains. So she's the villain, the, the killer in this movie. So we give them how many skulls out of 10 on the scare meter do they get? So, uh, Monica, how many skulls for Mrs. Voorhees in this one? I'm going to go with eight. Eight? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mariah? I'm going to have to go with nine. Nine? Okay. I am going to go with an eight also for her. So, roughly, it's like an, eh, an eight and a half, roughly, give or take, of, of uh, out of 10 okay. skulls in the scare meter. So, that's, I think she did pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Mariah, it was amazing to having you back on the show. It was great catching up with you. I do feel like it was long overdue, so thank you very much for agreeing to be a part of this again. Yes, thank you so much for having me again on your show. I appreciate it. I love, I love Bell's podcast, and I'm a big fan myself. <laughs> so, um, thank you so much for having me. And also... Getting to review like one of like my favorite movies. Uh huh, definitely. And so that's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. So why don't you go ahead and remind our listeners of your social media so they can get a hold of you? Okay, yeah. So um, they can reach me on Instagram at Halloween Girl Forever, and if they don't have social media and um, they would like to send me an email to like schedule a session, a medium session or anything like that, um, they can find or e email me at um, HalloweenGirlForever13 at gmail.com. And I just wanted to add um, the reason why I add 13 to my email um, is because of Friday the 13th. <laughs> okay. So, there you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much once again, Mariah. And we hope that the next time you're here, because we do hope there's the next time, I don't know how you feel about that idea, but the next time that you're here, we don't have to wait a whole year to have you back. Yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we'll definitely keep in touch and we'll let you know of any movies that we might be thinking of doing or maybe something different because um, we, we also do stuff that's not just movies. We do shows. We do uh, urban legends, stuff like okay. that. So, so maybe uh, we'll be able to collaborate on something like that in the future. Hopefully not too much longer <laughs> yeah definitely definitely down thank you so much Chewie and Monica I appreciate y'all so mm -hmm. much and y'all do such an amazing job and y'all are so kind and just so amazing so thank you for everything mm -hmm. thank you so thank much you, <laughs> thank you <laughs> alright so that was our uh, critique slash review of Friday the 13th the OG movie from the 80s and we're going to take a little break and come right back with our closing remarks. 
okay, Monica, the audience, and myself, look sad face because we are now once again at the end of our podcast episode. <laughs> Definitely, my friend. So, if you are a first-time listener, thank you very much for taking time to listen to our episode. And we hope you come back for more. We do have a library of about 60 episodes, give or take, that you can go ahead and explore. Just stay away from episode one, please. Do not go anywhere near that one. Uh, we've been talking about remaking it, and hopefully we'll be remaking that soon. <laughs> or later, but... <laughs> at one some day. point, it will be done, yes. So... <laughs> <laughs> if you are a repeat listener, thank you very much for coming back once again and being a faithful member of the EMBL squad. So, Monica, it is time again for the shoutouts section of our episode. Do you have any shoutouts tonight? A shoutout to myself for surviving the hangover last weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, because I'm pretty sure I got alcohol poisoning. Um, but I survived (laughs) and I made it, uh, and we're still standing. So yes. Yay me. (laughs) (laughs) Reminder that I should not act a fool anymore because my body cannot take it. I'm old now (laughs) and I need to drink tea and read books instead. So yeah. (laughs) Sleep at like 9 PM with a glass of milk, my friend. Dude, I already do. I don't drink the milk, but I do go to sleep by 8 p.m. <laughs> wow, dude. Well, <laughs> yes, definitely a shout out to you, my friend, because you were a trooper last week. I I don't, I don't want to say that I forced you to do the episode, but I kind of did in a way, and I feel bad about it. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> it's on me, dude. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, that was kind of the reason why we, we kind of did a rushed job on that one because I was trying to finish as quickly as possible so that Monica could get some sleep. <laughs> yeah, so that I wouldn't, you know, collapse right then and throw up all over the computer. But, um, yeah. Yeah, but thank you, my friend, for surviving that. So hopefully you stick around with us a lot more. A lot, a lot thank longer. you for uh, putting up with my hungover. It's okay. Dude. We've Self. all been there. We've all been there. And, yeah. yes, so no, no worries. Okay. So I have a couple of shout-outs. I want to give a big shout-out once again to our guest, Mariah, for for uh, joining us tonight. She is amazing. She is a great, fun, individual human being. And yeah, so you can reach her at her social media. She let you guys know what that was about in uh, the segments that we talked about with her. But yeah, definitely. Once again, Mariah, thank you very much for joining us. And I do have another shout out. I was able to interview a couple of people this this past week. Uh, They're the creators of a comic book that is called Bigfoot knows karate. Nice. Which will be released in the next couple of weeks, give or take. And so I was able to interview them as far as their creative process, their inspirations, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that shall be released as a mini episode sometime in the next couple of weeks, probably by the end of the month. Uh, but definitely look forward to that because it was a great, fun conversation. And yeah, so shout out to Dan and Casey from Bigfoot Nose Karate for letting me interview them and uh, yeah, find them on social media. The, their webpage is that. I, I believe it's just uh, BF, bfkk.com, I think it's. And if not, just look it up as Bigfoot Nose Karate and it'll pop right up. It's, it's a great comic book. I mean, it's not released yet, but they do have a preview of it in their webpage. So I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, once again, guys, thank you very much for the interview. And now, Monica, 
the hint for actually yeah, we could just tell him it's fine let's not do a hint let's just, just tell yeah. the people what we're doing all right well we're gonna be doing freddy krueger chan, chan, the og right yes not the remake so we shall be doing nightmare on elm street for next week and i'm looking forward to that i don't know about you oh yeah i love those they're my favorite all right, so let's go ahead, Monica, and remind our listeners once again, before we take off, of our social media accounts. So we have our Facebook under Exploring the Myths Behind the Legends, and we have our Instagram under Myths Behind LGDS. Our Twitter is Myths Behind LGDS, and you can also email us at MythsBehindLegends at gmail.com. Awesome. And our link tree, which is under linktree.com slash Myths Behind LGDS. You can find all of our links there. Spotify, YouTube, Letterboxd, our online store. If you want to buy something, go ahead and buy a shirt or a mug or something like that. And our infamous website, which is under myths hyphen behind hyphen legends dot mailchimpsites.com. Awesome. So uh, that's all that I have to say for that. I don't know about you, Monica. You have any final comments on this episode? Um. No, except that uh, I hope if I ever get in uh, a battle with an old lady, um, <laughs> I can actually beat her up because in case anybody's recording, you know, I don't want to look like a fool. But yeah, <laughs> that's kind of a <laughs> unique scenario you got in your mind. Uh, you're going to be fighting an old lady <laughs> and someone's. Gonna... I mean, if I had to for my protection of my life, you know, yeah. I would. Uh, try to remember at least some action will be so that I can defend myself properly but yeah <laughs> awesome my friends so that was it for this episode hope you guys enjoyed it and come back next week for the Nightmare on M Street episode um, have a great morning evening night stay away from old ladies close to lakes because they're, they're bad for you uh, always carry a machete with you so you can cut their heads off <laughs> just yeah. well don't, don't just do it like you know without asking questions you know Right. You're gonna ask him, are you a psycho? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Your head's coming right off, lady. <laughs> but yeah, so until we see you again, have a great time. Be good to yourselves, to each other, to everyone around you, and have a good one. Bye.